Welcome to the Lock Sportscast, your weekly source for Lock Sport news. This is episode 130, recorded December 28, 2022. I'm your host, Charles Current, and in today's episode, first public pick of the Schlage core key, lead exposure for locksmiths, aftermarket keyless entry systems, police dismantle keyless car hacking ring, the missing locksmith, Dave McComey interview, videos to watch, products, events, meetups, sales giveaways, and more. You can subscribe to the audio version of the show on most podcast apps and at thelocksportscast.com. You can subscribe to the video version on YouTube, Odyssey, Rumble, or Apple Podcasts. Links to stories discussed will be in the show notes. Some apps limit the length of show notes and the ability to post links, but you can find full show notes with all the links at thelocksportscast.com. We will start the nominations on January 1st, if I get things put together in time. I will have a post up of suggested videos suggested videos are not officially nominated yet so if you've entered a suggested video during the course of the year it is not officially nominated they are only intended to be suggestions made by the community members throughout the year as a way to kind of remember notable videos if you have suggested more than one video in a category you have to decide which one of those you actually want to nominate and other members can look over the suggested video list to decide if there's any of those that they think they should be nominating or if they should be nominating something entirely different. Everybody gets to nominate one video per category only, so uh, please choose wisely. First up in the news, uh, Anthony shared a Reddit post about lead exposure for locksmiths that post linked to a study. Part of the abstract from that study says, Exposure to lead has been well recognized in a number of work environments, but little is known about lead exposure associated with machining brass keys containing lead. The brass that is widely used for key manufacturing usually contains 1.5 to 2.5% of lead. And the results section of the study says, the data were obtained from six professional locksmiths and six control volunteers matched to each locksmith by age, sex, and ethnicity. The test for all six subject pairs showed significantly higher tibia and no difference for calcania. They say they excluded the blood test from subject number four, and his case matched control because the locksmith reported that he had not practiced his trade during the last two years. The results of his blood test did not reflect exposure to lead, a finding that corresponds with his work history. The test for the remaining five subject pairs showed significantly blood lead for locksmiths than their matched controls. They say that even with the very small number of subjects in the pilot study, they were able to demonstrate that locksmiths had significantly higher exposure to lead and significantly higher past exposure to lead than their age, sex, and ethnicity matched controls. And one user pointed out in the comments on that post that while the average in the studies is above 3.1, micrograms per deciliter for locksmiths compared to the control of 2.2 micrograms per deciliter. According to the CDC, the definition for elevated blood lead level is 5 micrograms per deciliter, and that is the lowest bracket they list. And that CDC reference that this person cited says that pregnant women should not exceed 5 micrograms per deciliter, 
and that the American Conference of Governmental Industrial Hygienists says that the typical worker can experience 20 micrograms per deciliter without adverse health effects, significantly higher than the 3.1 micrograms per deciliter that the locksmiths showed in this. So while there is an associated elevated blood level, according to the CDC, that is not a dangerous level. Everybody's uh, acceptance of risk is unique, so do with that what you will. Next up, we have an exploit that affects Mitsubishi Lancer, ASX, and Outlander. This is in reference to an article called Video Shows Woman's Car Key Unlocking Stranger's Car. The article says, A woman has expressed her shock after her car key unlocked what she said was a complete stranger's car at the shops. A video of a Brisbane woman using her car key to unlock another car at the shops has shocked Australians. She shared the footage on TikTok of her Mitsubishi Lancer parked next to another Mitsubishi in a busy car park. Her key appeared to only unlock and lock the car next to hers, but not even her own. After that video blew up, she further explained what had happened, including that this wasn't the first time. Responding to people that pointed out the key didn't look like a Mitsubishi key, she said that it's an aftermarket key and showed her unlocking and locking the Lancer at home. She said it wasn't the first time it had happened. Her partner is a mechanic. He took the car to his work just to do service. There was a Mitsubishi ASX there, and it did the exact same thing. And there is a video showing her partner unlocking and locking the Lancer and the ASX. She said that she was actually at the shops in the original video to return to where she had bought the key from to get it fixed. She's quoted as saying, he came and fixed it while I was shopping. And then he was like, yep, all sorted. I have reset the key. And then I walked out to the car and unlocked the other car. There was obviously not that Mitsubishi there when I got him to fix it. This was sent to me by uh, Tiger Trav, and in his note, he said, This accidental exploit affects Mitsubishi Lancer, ASX, and Outlander keyed ignition vehicles who are using the Mitsubishi G8D-576MA remote system. Remotes generated on a common aftermarket platform and programmed to one of these models can be operated by any other remote generated on that platform. Annoyingly, the later Mitsubishi Lancer, ASX, and Outlander models, which use the new square head keys, are also backwards compatible with the old system. So one aftermarket remote can communicate with cars produced from 2008 to 2021 if that car has had an aftermarket key programmed to that system. Now, if I recall, I covered a story similar to this in the past, but I couldn't remember which brand or models specifically were referenced and I couldn't remember which episode it was in so I couldn't go back and check. Thought it was worth re-mentioning. Be be careful with aftermarket key fobs. They might not be the bargain that they uh, appear to be. Next up we have an article called Police Dismantles Criminal Ring That Hacked Keyless Cars. That article says that a car theft ring that used fraudulent software to hack and steal vehicles with remote keyless entry ignition systems has reportedly been dismantled. According to Europol, the criminals targeted vehicles with keyless entry and start systems from two French car manufacturers. A fraudulent tool marketed as an automotive diagnostic solution was used to replace the original software of the vehicle, allowing the doors to be opened and the ignition to be started without the actual key fob. 
They say that 31 individuals have been arrested and that among them were the software developers, resellers of the software, and the actual car thieves who used the software to steal vehicles. A report carried by French news outlets says that the thieves bought from the resellers tablets, software, and connectors, which allowed them both to duplicate vehicle keys and to program key blanks without having the original and to modify the embedded systems of many vehicles. The organization sold these digital attack kits online. Authorities did not share the URL of the website, but said that the now shut down site registered 53,000 connections, which were possibly attempts to reprogram keys. Law enforcement agencies did not share any specific information on how the software worked or how it was connected to the vehicles to affect the hacking. But in all, 31 individuals have so far been arrested. And this article states what we already know, that this is not the first time that crooks have found ways to steal cars that can be opened remotely with key fobs, and it won't be the last. I wish they gave a few more details of how this hack works. Maybe we'll find something out after a trial. Who knows? And stealing cars might not be that difficult if the owner of a fleet of cars just gives you the keys. A Reddit user posting in the r slash mildly interesting subreddit said, I rented a car and they forgot the key box in the back seat. The post simply contains a picture of roughly 50 Fiat keys in what appears to be a cheap plastic toolbox, all with the rental car agency's tags on them. Further comments do say that the keys were returned to the rental car agency, but how irresponsible. If this person hadn't been such an honest person, they could have made a bunch of money off of those keys. And there would be a bunch of stolen used cars on the market. Moving on to community news, we have what appears to be the first public pick of the Schlag Corky. Do Not Duplicate has posted a video of his first public pick of the Corky. This is an older magnetic lock system used in hospitality and other similar applications. It uses a magnetic key card, and there are between 12 and 21 magnets installed in the lock depending on the level of mastering. So congrats to Do Not Duplicate, and be sure to check out his video. Link, of course, will be in the show notes. And Anthony shared with me a tweet announcing a new YouTube channel called Locksmith Vibes. This is created by Danny from First Entry and South UK Locksmith Training. The first video is entitled Locksmith Vibes Volume 1, Locksmith Training, Mobile Locksmith Jobs, and Chit Chat. The description says that Danny talks opening a new training center, jobs on the move, window handles, faulty UPVC door, and jammed Euro lock in door just before Christmas. So be sure to head over and check that out if you're into locksmith stuff. Maybe give him a good boost on his initial subscriber count. And Pandafrog has been doing a full series of videos where he is assembling a U-Gears wooden safe model kit. So far, there are 12 videos in the series, and I'll link the playlist in the show notes. Be sure to watch the back catalog and check out any new videos that come out if it catches your interest. And then we have a podcast episode of The Slant Podcast. The episode is entitled, A Safe Cracker Explores the Nature of Security. This is an audio-only podcast, as best I can tell. It says, Safecracker Dave McGomey discusses how he became a safecracker how he approaches a locked door problem, and what trends in bank branching mean for vaults, physical security, and the future of safe cracking. So if that sounds interesting to you, there will be a link in the show notes. 
And for those of you who have not yet experimented with making your own lock picks, Anthony shared an instructable called Make Lock Picks from an Old Hacksaw Blade. Now, while Hacksaw Blade may not be the best material for making lock picks, it can be easy to come by for someone wanting to experiment with making lock picks, and you can practice and make your mistakes without the expense of buying good blank material. And then if you decide you like it and you're good at it, then you can uh, purchase quality blank material and start making uh, some good quality picks. Anyway, might be interesting to check out if you enjoy making things and you haven't tried making your own custom lock picks yet. Might be worthwhile. Moving on to products, Multi-Pick has a new combination training lock set. They call it the Multi-Pick 6-Pin Combination Training Lock Set. Dimple slash Euro Profile Practice Cylinder Variably Pinnable. If that isn't a mouthful. Um, Their description in part says that this practice lock literally has two sides. One side features a Euro profile and the other a dimple profile. Variation and versatility are the most important characteristics of this model. And this is, to be clear, this is a cutaway practice lock. It is a Euro cylinder. And on one half, they have a standard Euro cylinder style lock. And the other side, they have a dimple Euro cylinder lock. So you can practice with both. So if you're new to either one of those, it might be handy. I'm not a big fan of cutaway locks, but they do come in handy at times. If they're well made, it can help you with uh, learning what you're feeling. You can associate the different feelings with what the actual pin positions are. Then uh, next up, we have The Missing Locksmith, an alternate reality game. Uh, the Missing Locksmith was created by L. Osley Wood. As an online Easter egg hunt during the 2020 lockdown, the description says the Missing Locksmith is an alternate reality game that sees you use real-world tools to delve through the lives of three thieves. After a heist goes wrong, the crew can't trust anyone, even each other. So they set up a safe that needs one digit from each of them to make sure no one disappears with the haul. Can you crack their combination? Starting with the clues you've been sent, you'll need to solve codes, send emails, decipher voice notes, and hack websites to find the information you need. Be careful, though, you're not the only one who wants it. This doesn't actually have anything to do with Locksport, but it might be a fun way to spend some time, for those of you who love a good puzzle. What you will get with the download is simply a, basically a case file with the instructions and a few hints and some uh, clues to follow code to decipher stuff like that and you have to do real world detectiving to figure out the rest with uh, real world tools using the web and stuff like that so might be an interesting way to pass some time moving on to events and meetups first up we have the french lock picker society in paris they meet uh, looks like once a month different day each month so you'll have to check the schedule on their website if you want to attend that Twin Cities Maker has a Locksport meetup on the first Thursday of every month, and they meet in Minneapolis, if you don't know what the Twin Cities are. And then for events, we have Cactus Con meeting in uh, Mesa, Arizona on January 27th through the 28th. They will have a lock picking village. HCon 2023, February 24th and 25th in Madrid. Placky Con, May 5th through the 7th in Durham, North Carolina, it looks like. Circle City Con in Indianapolis, June 23rd through the 25th. 
Moving on to Lockpickers United belts, we have three new belts to announce. First up, we have a new purple belt for the Downward Machine. Congratulations to you. A new brown belt for Lockpicking Dev. Congratulations, Lockpicking Dev. This would be a good time to announce that Lockpicking Dev was interviewed on the Interview with the Lockpicker series, episode 14, uh, with Lockpicker1969. So you might want to check that out. There'll be a link in the show notes to that uh, interview. And the Lock Jock earned red belt this week. So congratulations to you, Lock Jock. Very well done for all of you. And for anybody not already familiar with the Lockpickers United belt system, lots of links in the show notes to videos and the official rules and stuff like that if you want to learn more about it. Moving on to speed locks, we have one new speed picking record for the Abyss T65AL My Lock in 4.767 seconds by Pandafrog. So congratulations, Pandafrog. Now it's time to take a quick break. Say thank you to the people that made this episode possible. Uh, we'll start with the financial supporters, as usual. We have Medler, Pandafrog, Michael Gilchrist, Starlock, Williams Brain, Dave to be deciphered, Lee Bond's Locksport Journey, Pat from Uncensored Tactical, Three Raccoons in a Coat, Cherell, aka Anthony, Dr. Hogmaster, Clayton Howard, aka Cooltoon, Mog, John Lock, Rat Yoke, Mr. Picker, Cranky Lock Picker, JHP Picking, Barebones Lock Picking, Deadbolt Cafe, NWA Lock Picker, Snake, Paracentric, and John R. Chief content producer for this episode is yet again Anthony, aka Cherell. Uh, con- other content producers are Artichoke 2000, Barebones Lockpicking, The 13th Monkey, Even Fleur, Ifisk, Joshua Gonzalez, Oak City Locksport, Open Lock, Panda Frog, Tiger Trav, and Tony Relly. Thank you to all of you for your support. Really, really means a lot. And remember, the show is only possible because of that support. So if you value this podcast, please help us support it by sending in your news, links, events, giveaway information, anything you have that's Locksport related. That is the most important thing you can do to help the show, you can either just tag me on social media or send it to the email address podcast at the locksportscast.com. You can also help by sharing the show with your lockpicking friends, leaving a review, comment, thumbs up, whatever your platform of choice allows. Don't forget to subscribe on your platform of choice. And if you want, you can help financially by donating on PayPal, Patreon, or Subscribestar, but definitely not required, but always appreciated. If you support the show with the information or donation, I I will give you credit in the show and in the show notes. Moving on to criminals. First up, we have California women steal safe from grocery store in brazen theft. The article says the Orange County Police Department is searching for a group of women who allegedly stole a safe with $9,000 in it from a grocery store. The article says that some of the women distracted the employees at the store while others snuck into the back and uh, lifted the safe into a grocery cart. The women then appear to calmly walk out of the store with a blanket or some other fabric covering the safe. And the main point of reading this article is to remember to bolt down your safe if you have anything of value in it. If you let them take your safe, then they can take their time breaking it open, either by force or by skill. They have time to break it open. If it's bolted down, if it is securely fastened somewhere, then they're going to have to either make a whole bunch of noise trying to get it severed from where it is, or they're going to have to do it in place. And that is a much more daunting task. Next up, we have retired locksmith gets five years for multiple store burglaries. The article says that a retired locksmith told police he took lockpicks with him when he left his job and used them to break into numerous businesses in Hartford suburbs in the summer of 2021 to support a heroin addiction 
and he has been sentenced to five years in prison. He pled guilty to third-degree burglaries in South Windsor, Glastonbury, Windsor, Enfield, and West Hartford. His total sentence is five years in prison, followed by three years of probation, with the possibility of up to five more years behind bars if he violates his release conditions. Records show he still has a case pending in the Vernon Superior Court, in which he is accused of third-degree burglary in that town. He's accused of committing several burglaries of businesses in Manchester, but didn't plead guilty in all those cases. There are indications in police documents that he is also suspected in burglaries in Berlin, Weathersfield, and Bloomfield, but hasn't been charged yet in those cases. He told police that he took care of his brother, who died in April of 2021, and later relapsed into heroin use and began burglarizing businesses to pay for the drugs. According to his public defender, he has extensive health problems, having suffered two heart attacks, and has significant problems with mobility that require him to use a cane. Among the characteristics police detectives noted while watching surveillance video of the crimes was that the suspect had a hunched back and walked with a limp. Most of the crimes did not involve significant property damage, but windows were broken in the doors of at least two businesses. Police said that a record check showed that he had 65 arrests on charges, including robbery, burglary, and larceny. In an interview with a detective, he said that he didn't remember the burglaries because he was usually high on heroin when he committed them, but he did later give a detailed confession to three Windsor burglaries, according to an affidavit by an officer in that department. All I can say is, drugs are bad. Drugs are bad. They can ruin your life. That's all there is to it. They can just ruin your life. So, be careful. Moving on to sales. Pretty much the same as last week, minus a few. We have a KSEX Labs sale. Their Christmas sale is good through the 31st of December for 20% off. So, might want to check that out if you have any need for any red team tools or hacker hardware. Dark Arts Lock Picking, their discount code DALP is back is good for 15% off, and that expires on December 31st. Southord, now in addition to their uh, outlet page, they have a coupon code HELLO23 for 20% discount, then that expires on January 8th. The Peterson code for 50% off their bump hammers is good until December 30th, and that code, of course, like all the others, will be in the show notes because... Their code is pure gibberish, and I don't want to say it on the show. Barebones Lockpicking has the code BONES10 for 10% off store-wide, and that is good until the end of the year. And if you're looking for Law Lock Tools, I believe Review Guru's link for 10% discount code off of a minimum purchase of £50 is still good. I'm not positive because I don't buy from Law Lock Tools currently, but doesn't hurt to try it. If you're shopping at 3dlocksport.com, you can use the code LSCAST10 for 10% off. If you're shopping over at makolocks.com, you can get 15% off with the code BUYMAKO. And uklockpickers.co.uk, 10% off if you use the code GIFT. Not much going for giveaways this week, but CLK Supplies always has their weekly hashtag LockBoss giveaway, so be sure to check that out if you're into giveaways. And that takes us to the end of another episode and the end of another year. So here's wishing a happy and healthy 
2023 to all of my listeners and supporters. Thank you to everyone who continues to listen and to those who support the show with information or donations. Really, really appreciate it. 130 episodes in the bag, and it's all because of you. The show wouldn't be possible without you. So please remember to keep it legal. <laughs>